This is Mike Taylor, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well it was another magnificent day in the season for the Super Whites as Fulham eased past Blackburn Rovers at Craven Cottage on Saturday at lunchtime and as other results went our way in the later games we found ourselves 11 points clear at the top of the league on Saturday evening. Dylan's here with me as is Baldo and we'll look back over the game and ahead to Tuesday night's match with Swansea City. They think it's all Rover. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, lads, Fulham made it three wins from three this Saturday as we overcame potential promotion rivals Blackburn Rovers 2-0 with relative ease at Craven Cottage. First off, as per usual, give me your thoughts surrounding the result and the performance. It was a far cry from the 7-0 in November, but still pretty comfortable, wasn't it? Yeah, comfortable. I don't think I think you'd have found it would have been rare to find a Fulham fan that would have thought that we'd be able to reproduce what we did up at Ewood Park earlier in the season. But yeah, it just we're just so confident going into these games that you know we knew that we were probably going to be able to come out with a good result. As you say, the performance itself was you know not quite there, but considering that we haven't been playing at our best in recent weeks, I think this was a bit of a major improvement. Again, considering as you said, this is a side that could with you know with relative ease be challenging for promotion come the end of the season so to get a result against you know it's not really a six pointer as it were but to get a, a result like that and a performance like that against a very good side in blackburn rovers i think is is absolutely sensational and then as you say the result is one thing but the results coming in from the rest of the league just make the whole thing just make the whole thing all all the lot better yeah just echoing what Baldo said really um it's three important points. On paper, not as convincing as some of the other victories we've had this season, but I thought we played a lot better than we have at some points in recent weeks. And I thought like the, the passing was so good. Uh, we looked sharp going like, across the pitch. It was just great to see. And obviously then, yeah, the results from other games like the QPR game and the Bournemouth game uh, make it a bit sweeter, as does uh, Scott Parker getting sent off, which is uh, always a bonus. Yeah, it's quite a turnaround at, at Preston Bournemouth this weekend, wasn't it? Bournemouth have, have made a habit in recent weeks of turning around games late on to, to get the points and, and they lost this one. And I mean, we'll, we'll come on to our game in a minute, but it was quite funny to see, um, what's the guy who uh, who got fouled in the lead-up to? Philip Billing, he, he got fouled, didn't he, in the lead-up to the, the Preston winner and Scotty going mad. Um, also... What's that beard he's grown? <laughs> I'm not sure it suits Scotty. Come on, Scotty. You look like a you look like a bit of a down and out now. And our Bournemouth down and out when it comes to challenging for the title because they're way behind us now. What are they? Eleven points behind us, I think. I was having a look last night at um uh, at what's needed uh, to to go up, and the maximum Fulham can get is 109 points. The maximum Bournemouth can get is 103. Then the maximum Huddersfield can get is 92. So what's needed really is is 93 points maximum to go up. And that's if Huddersfield win all of their remaining games. Um, so, you know, that's that's another 20 points we need if Huddersfield win all their remaining games. So another 
another seven wins does it, doesn't it? But I don't think we're going to need that. I can't see Huddersfield's form carrying on. So just a matter of when we're going to do it now, isn't it? As, as it has been for a while. But, you know, we're, we're now we're coming into that final run. We've got 12 games left. Um, and the sooner we can get it done, the better. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, we're looking in, we're looking in very good shape. We don't we don't seem to be dropping many points. Like Huddersfield aside, we seem to be sort of grinding out results. Um, if if not, we're playing very well and getting the three points. Uh, the defense looks secure. It has done all season. Going forward, you obviously know that the threat Mitrovic brings, the goals, Wilson, Cabano, all contributing, and then we still got we still got like a more to offer from the midfield. I think um, I think Seri and Reed played very well yesterday. So yeah, it looks it's a very positive place to be in. Um, I mean, yeah, just see where this uh, last few weeks of the season go. It was interesting though, going back to Scott Parker. You see him with his uh, with his raggedy beard, like shouting at a fourth official away at Preston. You just think a year ago he was in that that gorgeous grey jacket as we won at Anfield. Yeah. Look at him now. Yeah, yeah. swings down, around now. us. Yeah. Um... What is really interesting, and I don't know if this is going to have any bearing on the rest of our season or not, is the fact that we could potentially now have five away games in a row. Because on on the schedule at the moment, we've got Nottingham Forest on the 19th of March, I think it is. But if they win against Huddersfield in the FA Cup on Monday night, then that game will be rescheduled. So that then means we'll have Swansea, Barnsley, West Brom, QPR and Middlesbrough all away from home in a row before we get our next home game, which I think might be against Coventry. Yeah, um, Coventry, 9th of April is the next scheduled home game if Forest win tomorrow. That little run of five potential away games in a row. I mean, it's, it's definitely three away games because we, the next three games are Swansea, West Brom, uh, sorry, Swansea, um, Barnsley, West Brom, which is a tough run anyway. But five away from home is a, is a bit rough, isn't it, Baldo? What, what do you reckon? Do you think this is going to have any bearing or do you think we'll just carry on our form and it doesn't matter whether we're home or away? I, I think we're going to carry on our form. You know, this isn't the Fulham of the Premier League, of the Premier League years where we would win, you know, the solitary one game away away from home this season. Did we ever go a whole season without winning away from home? Was it was it 05 no, 06? No, I we won. We won, a, we won well, at that City. That's, that was it. I know we were endangering the Nuts. Penultimate game, wasn't it? That was it, yeah, because I know the Sunderland thing. Because well, yeah, so we've always, yeah, we've always struggled away from home. Um, But this season, it's it's just completely different. You know, even in past championship seasons, we've gone we've gone away to places at once. So, I I think we're pretty confident, and I think just the way we've been playing recently, and the fact that you know, as I say, yesterday to put in a, a performance against a very against a very good. Blackburn Rovers side just says I, you know, I don't think that being away from home is going to be a factor, especially when you consider the size that we're playing. You know, West Brom only got their first win under Steve Bruce yesterday. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of problems with that side. Barnsley, I know it's Barnsley, but you would still feel confident going into that game. So I don't think being away, I mean, maybe Middlesbrough could cause a bit of a thing because you know what they're like at the moment. But other than that, yeah, I'm pretty confident with you know, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about having to go away from home at this point mm-hmm. in the season. No. I saw on them on Quest yesterday that they said that Middlesbrough have won their last nine home games in all competitions, which is quite the stat, isn't it? So that's that'll be a challenge. But yeah, we're we're, we're across that bridge when we come to it. Let's let's carry on talking about the Blackburn game. And we started much the better of the two sides. Our passing looked far too much for Blackburn to contend with at times. Mitro went close first, but saw his glancing header from Wilson's cross go just wide. But once again, there weren't that many clear cut opportunities in the opening stages of the game, were there? For for all of our quite good play. 
Yeah, no, it was um, it wasn't frustrating, but um, sort of some of our um, our slick slick passing play wasn't quite resulting in those like clear cut chances that we've sort of been accustomed to seeing a few of over games this season. But you know, the most important thing was we did eventually uh, find a way into the lead and getting the three points is all that matters. But you know, it's sort of one of those things when I was thinking about it yesterday. You know, you. We get those sort of opportunities in the Premier League. We're not going to have nowhere. We won't have anywhere near as many opportunities like going forwards as we have have done this season. Um, so we've got to be really making sure that we're like every pass is bang on because some sometimes yesterday you're seeing balls out wide. They're just like a, a bit in front or a bit behind the the intended man, and then it's just you know another chance gone. You just think if that happens in the Premier League, we'll get found out very very quickly. Mitro was up to his old tricks yesterday, really, wasn't he? It wasn't the best game from him again. He was he was quite theatrical. He went down in the box under a challenge. The ref didn't blow for a penalty. At the time, it felt like a penalty. I mean, I don't know why he would have... He, he kind of dangled his leg, didn't he? And just made contact with the player's leg rather than the other way around. But he was in such a good position and he's in such good form in front of goal that he just doesn't need to, doesn't need to play like that. Um and then there was, there was another one a, a little while later where he was kind of nudged in the back and he went flying again. He's been a bit like that recently and, it, and he hasn't really done it all season, but just in the last few weeks he has. Um, and I, I just, I don't want to see that from him. He's such a good player. He's so strong. He's such a good finisher that he just doesn't need to do it. I mean, Baldo, either of those anywhere near a sniff of a penalty for you? Um, no, I think I think the, the first one is a point I've made a, a couple of times on the podcast, but it was a bit it was a bit Jamie Vardy, you know, with his med, the dangling leg. So that yes, there is contact, and then it's really up to the referee or you know the person to decide whether or not that's a penalty or not. I could I can go either way with it. Um, if he'd given a penalty, I wouldn't have you know obviously wouldn't think. Um, if it wasn't and it wasn't, I don't really have a complaint. It's not a dive either as well, so it's sort of in that grey area. Um, but yeah, just on the overall overall point of it, I think I think it's I think it's it's mind games for me. I think what he's trying to do personally is not only get the goal, but I think get the opposition sent off so that it then makes it easier for him to get his goals. That's my theory anyway. So yes, you could get a goal from a penalty, but they're also down to ten men to make it easier for you. So if you can get the opposition sent off in the process, then it makes it easier. That's just my conspiracy theory, tin hat, uh, tin hat foil if you want to put it that way. So that's what I think. But I, I do think it is a little bit of a concern because especially he's not going to be able to get away with this sort of thing in the in the Premier League when there's when there's VAR next year, which you know, which, which was our concern um, last time when we came around and eventually he got caught with the, with the lead suspension, for instance. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that is creeping into the game. Hopefully it can be, hopefully it can be snuffed out as soon as possible. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the positive then, and let's talk about the opening goal. Niskan's Cabano in the twenty fifth minute. Uh, there was a, a shot from Nico Williams, which was parried by Blackburn's Belgian keeper Thomas Kaminski. But what determination from Niskan's Cabano to get in in front of that defender? I, don't, I know it was poor goalkeeping. I know it was poor defending because that defender should have followed the ball in, and he didn't. And Cabano, even when the ball was parried, was still second favourite to get to that ball. But he's darted in in front and smashed the ball in. Crap defending, crap goal goalkeeping, but great work from Cabano, Dylan. Yeah, really, really good. And he's we've said it's we've said it so many times this season. I think literally every podcast I've been on, it's just yeah, he seems to be doing so well this season. It's really great that he's uh, he's finally found his uh, purple patch in a Fulham shirt, as it were. I'd be interested to see what happens with him next season. But yeah, it's um, Nico Williams shot parry by the keeper and he's on hand to 
sort of tuck it away. Sort of a typical, typical sort of Mitrovic goal, you know, sort of on hand to snap up any second balls in the box. But yeah, really, really, really pleased for him that he's doing well. I know it's his uh, birthday on Thursday as well. So uh, yeah, what a, what a way to start off the celebrations. What does happen to him next season, Baldo? Do you think he's he remains in the squad in and around the squad, or do you think he's just going to be phased out again like last time? Well, I know he's out of contract in the summer. So the club, basically, they have a decision to make on him. We do um, have an option. We do have we an do, option. Uh, yeah. to... I was just about to say, I think, I think we probably do give, we probably do trigger that option, but just to see what he's like in the first couple of weeks of the season. Again, if he's doing well in the Premier League, then we keep hold of him. But if not, then we still have the chance to make some money off him if we because I think I think I've said it. This squad does need a bit of a, a you know a bit of a rejig. You know, we can't keep relying on the same players as we have done in the past. And even though even though Cabano's only 29, so it's not as if he's completely over the hill or at you know the Tim Ream stage of his career, as it were. But I just do think there is a he'll be okay as a squad member. I'll think he'll I think he'll be okay, but I don't want to see him as the starter. Um, for a, for a Premier League side, again, if we can, you know, cash in on him to get some money to bring someone else in, I'd be fine with that. But at the same time, if you know we bring in someone else, he gets bumped down, and then Anthony Knockhart say we sell him instead, then that would then that would be okay as well. I think there are some options, but I, I think a lot of it would depend on what they do with his contract to start off with. Speaking of uh, being twenty nine and and birthdays upcoming, it's yours coming up soon, isn't it? The big three zero. But no, don't make me feel old. Fuck uh, off with this. I'm officially going to be an old man. I'll get my pipe and slippers and flat cap ready. Oh, don't, oh, God damn it. When, when is it? When is it? Uh, 14th of March, which, as everyone knows, is Pi Day. Because it's 3.14. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, four days younger than Cabano. Say again? There's four, Cabano is four days older than you. That's it. No, so you're saying that I could still do a job in the Fulham team. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying you can do a job in the Fulham team. I'm, I'm just saying he's four days older than you. <laughs> I think this will be the uh, the nearest show to, to your birthday that you're on. So have a good one, mate. Happy 30th birthday. Remember those those days? Long, long time ago for me, unfortunately. But yeah, good times, good times. Back All in right, the 1930s, let's... you turned 30, also Frenchie. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days when I used to make those jokes to other people. That's gone full circle. <laughs> um... All right, 10 minutes later, um, with the game fully under control, Harry Wilson scored a delightful chip following a stunning through ball from Tosin. Uh, Harry Wilson had, uh, had miscontrolled the ball uh, a couple of times and in, in front of, the, um, in front of the, the Blackburn fans, and they were giving him a bit of stick. So it did make me laugh that as soon as he dinked the ball over the keeper, he was uh, absolutely full throttle running towards the goal, and then he slammed the brakes on and changed direction to go and celebrate in front of the Blackburn fans. He's a bit of a shit house, isn't he, Harry Wilson? He's the sort of player who, if he was playing for another team, I would absolutely hate him. But the fact that he's playing for us, the pace he showed to latch onto that ball as well was absolutely superb. And what a finish, Dylan! Yeah, he's 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 so good. I, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing ball by Tosin. Sort of you know, like the, the like the skill to be able to like um, the perfect weight on the pass and the timing was just spot on. Uh, and then uh, Wilson, so like exceptional pace to to get on to the end of it, and then just sort of um, apply that little that little touch on the end to lift it over. I think Kaminsky is his name, the Blackburn keeper. And then yeah, obviously celebrating in front of the Blackburn fans. I just know if I was a Blackburn fan in that end, I'd be 
I'd have been fuming when you see him sort of running running over towards you. But yeah, when when he's playing for your team, absolutely no complaints. And him and Mitrovic this season being obviously a, a huge um like a huge bonus. Not a bonus for our team, but like just amazing. Amazing, amazing. You mentioned so, so you mentioned Mitrovic there. Am I the only one? Because when I was watching it live, and uh, you see that, I mean, great pass from Adarabaya, as you said, to start with. But I'm the only one that was slightly annoyed that he, Wilson didn't square it to Mitrovic. Because at this point of the season, I, as you say, promotion is a case of when, 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 not if. But I want Mitrovic to get that record. So any time that he doesn't get a goal, I'm trying. I'm thinking that should that should be Mitrovic because I want it. You know, if you see the record as Ivan Tony's, or if you see it as Whittingham's, whichever one. If he breaks Whittingham's, then it's arguments completely done either way. Um, but yeah, I was just I'll just give it to Mitrovic, let him get as many goals, let him get as many goals as possible. But as I say, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, Wilson has come under some stick at some point this um, at some point this season. You know, he's, he's been great, but not maybe as good as some people thought thought he would be. But you know, just all around, you know, what what can you say about Wilson? Is that uh, you mentioned it's twenty goals and assists now this season, which is absolutely is absolutely incredible. And you know, we talked about you talked about the partnership with Mitrovic. But even so, there would have been assists to other players. It just goes to show that we can he's he's a player that we can rely on, you know, when we're not just relying on Mitrovic at points of season. We have the players like Harry Wilson that can step up and you know, whenever Mitrovic isn't having a isn't having a great day as he was in yesterday. Yeah, if he if he gets one more goal this season he'll have um, double figures for both assists and goals, which is obviously a huge um a huge blacker. It's just a huge positive coming from coming from the wing, and obviously he supplements Mitrovic really well. I don't know exactly how many goals this, we've scored this season, but I'm presuming 34 is less than half. So that that shows that there's still goals coming from all over the team. And Wilson's obviously a huge part of that. And yeah, really, really glad we got him over the line in this summer because I remember watching him a few years ago for like Derby, Bournemouth, and he just seemed to score a couple of free kicks a week. I think, but he's, he's He's turned out to be a, a lot, a lot more of a complete player than just uh, set pieces. Just a, a quick word on that through ball from Tosin. Um, I guess I wasn't really paying a great deal of attention to it at that point because it didn't look like there was any danger. But as soon as uh, Wilson scored that, I thought it was Seri that had played that ball just because it was that kind of defence splitting pass that we know Seri's capable of. And I, I turned around and John Shaw was sat behind me and I was high-fiving him going, what a ball from Seri? And it wasn't until I, I think I read the chat at half-time and Dylan and said, what a ball from Tosin. I was like, oh, it was Tosin, was it? Bloody hell, what a ball. It was just absolute, like one of the moments of the season for me, really. One of the goals of the season that we scored just because it was such a good pass and such a good finish. Absolutely. I think there's there's comparisons to be made with the Sessignon pass to Tom Kearney in the Aston Villa playoff final. Is you know if you look at the positioning of it, you would expect uh, Tosin to put the ball out wide for Wilson to run onto. But the fact that he spotted where the run was, you know, where Wilson was making his run, and to put it perfectly, you know, weighted everything inch perfect through that gap in the defence was absolutely superb. They're similar to um, if you go go back and watch it, Session to Kenny. Now everyone would think that he put the ball out wide, but he's put it perfectly through the middle of the fence for him to run onto. Superb vision, but there was still a lot to do for Wilson. And as I said, the pace he showed to to get on the end of it and the finish was just absolutely stunning. So, well, one of my favourite goals this season, I'd say, brilliant. The standout moment of the second half came from another Welsh Liverpool export as Nico Williams attempted to lob Kaminsky from the halfway line. He bought it out from defence as well, didn't he? Got over the halfway line, spotted the keeper off his line and just hit it. So nearly came off, only for it to bounce back off the uh, off the crossbar. 
I think that probably would have been goal of the season had that gone in, Dylan, wouldn't it? Yeah, that was uh, when that ball was travelling through the air. I didn't actually think it was going to go in until it started getting. It just seemed to like everything just seemed to slow down, and then my heart just started getting. I was like, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. And then oh, I just hit the crossbar. So so frustrating. But yeah, what what an effort from him. Um, yeah, I thought. I just thought. I just thought it looked like it was just going to creep in. But yeah, it's annoying for him. But I think going back to what Baldo said earlier, the only thing that could have made it better is if when he first kicked it, just took a slight deflection off maybe Mitrovic's knee or something and just yeah. sailed in for number 35. That is the only thing that could have made it better. No, it was a, if that had gone in, that would have been goal of the season, moment of the season. Not player of the season, but yeah, he's, he's definitely getting there. It was Where still a magnificent he... moment, even though it didn't go in there. You know, that's what you pay your money for, those kind mm. of... Hollywood moments, isn't it? And and that was definitely a Hollywood moment, and it got everybody up off their seat. And like, ah, and then it's a talking point, isn't it? Everyone's talking about that after the game. What about Williams' effort? It's brilliant. It was it was similar to um, Florida Ite's goal against Aston Villa, I think it was. But I think I think Williams would have been considerably better if it went in. It, would, it definitely would have been because Ite yeah. capitalised on a mistake from was it Sam Johnson that was playing for Villa? Yeah, I think it was. Sam he, he balls up that free kick and gave it straight to him and. Aito just had to stick it in the empty net, but I, I say just it was a it was a fantastic finish from from distance. But this was just opportunistic from Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, he managed to get it over the the keeper who was tracking back when when he hit the ball when when the ball hit the bar. The keeper was he it gone over the keeper and he was he managed to time it perfectly. So I don't know how he's done that. And he was literally a couple of inches from a Fulham folklore. I got to say, it was a moment because I was watching this. I was watching this moment in the um, uh, press box at, at Brentford because I was covering. I was covering London Irish, and that would have been. I do not know if I'd have been able to contain myself because in the press box you meant to be all uh, professional, and everything. But I would not have been able to contain myself if Williams put that because when he first makes it, I think oh he's looking for Mitchell. I thought oh he's missed it. Oh he's fucked that up perfectly. He's fucked that up completely. And then you see oh heck he's gone for Cole. Uh, it would it would it would have been it would have as you say it would have been moment it would have been moment of the season had it had he scored yeah. that and yeah I, there was there was a would have been a good chance I'd have been on the pitch if that would have been <laughs> everyone everyone knows how much I love everyone knows how much I love Nico Williams um but yeah for him for him to have gone that would have been superb that's good you love him so much this week you're pronouncing pronouncing his name properly as well screw you I made one gaffe shut up <laughs> is it is it any is it as bad as the Sky commentators with Tater like no. thirty times a game oh, it's really that's, that's, that's ridiculous that is honestly ridiculous Tater um one thing um that did strike me about how crap Blackburn were yesterday was when we had a corner. and Mitrovic was being picked up by is it Van Heck or Van der Heck whatever his name is. Um, and Mitrovic just completely lost him, ran around the back of the defence, and once again, two weeks in a row, had an absolutely free header to score. And this time he put it in the side netting, but defending was absolutely dreadful from, from Blackburn. Great work from Mitrovic, but surely you don't let Mitrovic go, do you, from a corner? No, no, don't don't let him, you shouldn't let him free in the box. I mean, I think I think they should just, don't bother marking him. I'm not sure it's worth the effort. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't leave him. And I thought, I thought he'd gone in because I, I all I heard was the crowd's roar, and then you just see it in the side netting. Said, oh, but yeah, yeah, don't, don't let him, don't let him go. I thought, I thought yesterday would be a bit more of a test than it proved to be. But yeah, some, some days in football, I guess it just works like that, and it was a comfortable victory for us. Yeah, it was. Another player who was outstanding again was, of course, Harrison Reed. His work rate is absolutely impeccable, week in, week out, and his levels just never seem to drop. 
the real question here is, is he going to score this season? I, th- I think he will. I reckon there'll be one point come the end of the season. I reckon when Mitrovic breaks the record, because I, I, I it's a bit of a tough one, but I think it will be a win. I think there will be just the toker moment. I think the only one I can think of is Chelsea when they had their first their first title under Jose Mourinho. And on the last game of the season, they had a penalty and they gave it to Claude Makaleli. Uh, yeah, just, just for the, just, just for the sake of it, just to you know, let someone, let someone else get in the scores. I reckon that's going to be the case with with Harrison Reed. You know, come uh, game 44, 45 or something, we'll get a penalty, or we'll get a free kick, and we will basically try and force him, uh, basically force him to try and get a goal because he, he he will thoroughly have deserved it. Am I right in thinking this only just come up to, He hasn't scored for us, has he? I no, he's never know. scored for us. He hasn't. No, totally. I, yeah. So I think there will be just one moment where we basically just try and give him a goal at some point. So yeah, I, I think he will. Whether or not he'll have totally, well, he would he would have earned it, but whether or not he'd have earned it on the day per se is a different matter. But yeah, he totally will have earned it because he's been he's been a he's been a fantastic he's been a fantastic server. I know it's in your notes for this thing, uh, French. You called him the ginger Iniesta. I would like to say the ginger Iniesta will and always will be Steve Sidwell in my book. But he is very much a, a firm contender for that title. Is Reed. He is, yeah, he absolutely is. And another player who um, who I'd really like to see score this season is is Seri. I thought he had another great game against Blackburn and he started the game so well as well. You know, there were a couple of tackles that he put in in the opening two or three minutes where he didn't slide in. He just kind of, I don't know, got down on his knee and just hooked his leg around and just won the ball back completely cleanly. And he did it twice in quick succession. I, I think he's a, he's a top, top player, isn't he, Seri? And I'd love to see him score as well. Yeah, he's so he's so good. I, I think he's got a big part to play next season. But I think the ideal scenario you're looking at is Sheffield United away last day of the season, two penalties, uh, Reed to score one, Seri to score one. In the last minute, we get a free kick. We'll uh, it'll be prime Wilson territory, but we'll sub him off and bring on Alfie Morton for a last kick <laughs> of the ball before his uh, contract expires in summer. And that would be that would be perfect. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say get Marek Rodak up. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Well, we could get him up, maybe a, maybe a flick on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just love Seri. And before the game yesterday as well, whilst uh, whilst Tim Ream was doing the coin toss, <laughs> I, I genuinely toss. was about to say coin toss. Then. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he, uh, everyone was singing Seri's name and he just walked down towards the Hammersmith end with both hands above his head, lapping it up and clapping and tapping the badge. You love to see it, don't you, when, when someone does that. So... That was nice to see. But I think he's out of contract as well in the summer, isn't he? So hopefully there'll be uh, some kind of uh, new deal for him on the table for the Premier League. I hope so anyway. Yeah, I read an interview with him and he said he was talking about how he wanted to play in the Premier League next season with Fulham, how it's been his dream or something. So yeah, hopefully he hopefully stays on. I hope he does. I think he's he's different. He's different gravy. Well, he has already played in the Premier League for Fulham before, of course, but he was shit. So hopefully <laughs> uh, under different circumstances, he'll be a bit better next time round if he stays on. Um, anyway, let's come on to man of the match for this one. Baldo, who's your man of the match for the Blackburn game? Um, I think I think I'm going to have to give in, I think I'm going to have, have to give it to Adrabio. I, I I think a very, a very good, um, solid defensive display because I think Blackburn were held. I think like very minimal. I can't remember the exact, the exact number, but minimal shots on target throughout the. Uh, throughout the whole thing. So good defensively and also showed what he could do in attack with that ball. So I think overall, all-round performance, I give it to Adam Romayo. Top research as always, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Dylan? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably, um, I've been Harrison Recamp for this one. I just thought yesterday he was so, so good. 
uh, really um, sort of effective at sort of getting that ball in midfield and making us play a bit. Obviously, Williams, Williams and Wilson, both close contenders for their uh, respective goals or efforts on goal. But yeah, I'd have to give it to Reed. So I just thought he's super and sort of cut above the rest on the field. I assume Williams got given it by Sky because at the end of the game, the Sky cameras were right up in his face. Um, it's difficult to argue against Harrison Reed, um, but I think I'm going to give it to Harry Wilson. And the reason being, I thought Harry Wilson started really poorly. Um, I thought he was a little bit off the pace and I think um, he miscontrolled that high ball that went underneath his foot and then let the ball go out of play. Um, and I thought he's rattled here. The, the Blackburn fans are latching onto this. They're, they're going to really rattle him and he's, he's going to lose his head because he can be a bit of a hothead, as I said earlier. But he turned it round, scored a great goal and put in a decent performance. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Harry Wilson for this one. Um, and hopefully he will uh, be firing on all cylinders on his return to Wales on uh, on Tuesday night. And let's come on to that Swansea game now. Um, it's back up the M4 and across the Seven Bridge for the second time in less than 10 days as we face Swansea. It was a game that was originally scheduled to take place at the start of the year, but was postponed because of blasted COVID. With back-to-back wins against West Brom and Coventry now, this could be a tough game, couldn't it, boys? Yeah, I think it'll be tough. But um, I think this one will uh, come with come away with uh, three points with. Come away with... Oh, come away from with three points, that's the, that's the phrase. Put your teeth um, in. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm confident as usual. Uh, I think it'll be a tough game. I think they'll play some nice football. I think Russell Martin is their manager, the uh, ex-Norwich and uh, MK Dons player. He seems to have gotten playing some nice stuff, but I just think our added quality in sort of different positions across the pitch will uh, see us safely home on Tuesday. Yeah, I, th- I think, as you said, it's it's not going to be a difficult game. And the, the, the football that Swansea do play under Russell Martin, I know because I watched him because uh, I was reporting on MK Dons a couple of times last season. The, the the style of football they play is quite attractive. It's very possession based as well. So we may struggle to we may struggle to get the ball off them. And I know he struggled during his early days of Swansea, but I knew as soon as he got them clicking, as soon as he got them working to a style, of play, they were going to be a decent side. And they they have proved to be this season. They've got some very good results. So I certainly do not think it's going to be you know a, a walk in the park as well. I think it could be a, a very difficult game. I honestly would not be surprised if this if this ends up a draw, because I do think you know, Swansea have shown themselves to um, upset the apple cart a couple of times this season. And it, it does seem like a game, you know, whether you know, we'll get on to team selection as well, but if we rest a couple of players, if we're not 100%, they can take advantage of it. So it is very, very, very much going to be a difficult game. One player that won't be available to play for Swansea on Tuesday is Cyrus Christie, who's on loan from Fulham. Uh, he seems to be enjoying playing for Swansea and even scored on Monday evening away at West Brom. That was his second goal of his loan spell so far. I always felt like he did OK for Fulham in the Championship, but for some reason, his Fulham career has always just been a bit up and down, hasn't it? And he's going to leave for nothing in the summer, which seems like a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame. I think it's he was... He, I remember when he first came in, he came in on the same deadline day as uh, Mitrovic, I think. Um, and he was he was obviously um, he'd scored against us that earlier that season for Middlesbrough, and I just thought he'd be a, a solid bit of competition. I think it must have been um, Dennis Adore right back at the time. No, it was Ryan Fredericks. Oh, Ryan Fredericks, of course. Yeah, and there's a there's a rotation now. I remember Jukanovic made that sub quite a few times, but then I guess sort of um, you know you take a championship player and then you put him up against Eden Hazard, Raheem Sterling. Uh, who else was in the Premier League at that time? Marcus Rashford, you know, that will do funny was, things to them. And funny things to my mind. 
there was that game against Arsenal, wasn't there, at Craven Cottage, which I always remember where he was um, he was playing almost right wing back, I think, and uh, he was caught up the pitch when Arsenal counterattacked, and he was just seen jogging back to try and, and wasn't really joining in to try and defend this this Arsenal counterattack. Um, and who was the um, Republic of Ireland manager at the time? Was it Martin O'Neill who leapt to his defence saying, oh, that's how Slavisa had told him to play? Mm, I don't think he had told him to play like that. I don't think he said, as right back, don't worry about coming back and defending if we're, if we're hit on the counter, Cyrus. You, you stay up there and, or just have a light, light little jog back. And, yeah, if anything, you should have told him not to play. Yeah, uh, yeah, he should. He, he, was, he was poor in that Premier League season and... Um, but at championship level, I never had a problem with him. And I always thought that he was one of the better defenders um, and better players in, in the championship. Yeah, I, I just think those, yeah, the Premier League appearances just sort of um, sort of tainted our view of him a, a bit, I think. Mm. I still think he's a, he's a decent enough player. Definitely at championship level, he's, um, he's got a point to prove now just because of uh, his sort of reputation with Fulham fans. I think that could have sort of um, not ruined... It just sort of, yeah, it just sort of sets him in a different light when other clubs are looking at him. But yeah, he's definitely got a point to prove, and I still think he's a good, good enough player. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, I think he's a very decent you know, championship right back. You know, if you know, I, I honestly, if we'd have worked out in some way um, to have got to have got him back on loan to cover to cover Kenny Tete, and you know, rather than getting Nicker, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. So I think I think he's a, I think he's very very good, championship right back, and also and also a decent chap as well because I interviewed him uh, during the lockdown period because he was doing some stuff uh, for a uh, for a mental health charity. He's pro- probably a nice guy as well. Absolutely did absolutely did love the club. Um, so yeah, it's it's a shame that his as you say his career has his fallen career has petered out, uh, has petered out in this way. But you know he's he, he's been he's been a decent he's been a decent service. I say, as you said, uh, played played a pretty important role in the promotion in the first promotion campaign, having to ro- rotate with Ryan Fredericks. And so yeah, he, he's had, he's had a good time at Fulham, if not the most spectacular. I also remember him um, offering free tickets to one of the lads who was having some. Uh, some problems at the time. One of the full and focused lads, I, I can't remember exactly um, how it came about. There was some something on Twitter and Cyrus Christie just replied and said, reach out and I, I'll sort you out with some free tickets. So, you know, I think um, I think he's quite quite a man of the people as well. De- decent guy. So it'd be a shame that he's, he's going to leave and a shame that we'll get no fee for him as well because he's out of contract. But good luck to him with, with the rest of his career because, yeah, I, I never had a problem with him personally. Um, let's get back to the game then. So when Swansea came to Craven Cottage back in September, Mitro scored a first half hat-trick as we emerged 3-1 winners. How do you see this game going? As you guys have already said, Dylan, I think you, you said it a minute ago, they they enjoy a lot of possession under Russell Martin, but don't always do a great deal with it. They they just keep the ball and there's there's no or, or not much end product, which is, you know, we can empathise with based on our past experiences with previous managers, can't we? Yeah, yeah, we can. I uh, don't want to name names, but, you know, they are a good side and they play some nice football, which is easy on the eye, that sort of thing. But then again, they are 16th and they have lost more games than they've won this season. And I don't think that sort of happens by accident sort of thing. Uh, so I think it will be, I think it will be three points for us. And I think we should be confident going into the game because, you know, we've had some, ex- we've said it before earlier in the show, we've had some excellent performances away from home. And, you know, even if it's the start of five away games in a row, um, we won 7 nil. Oh, twice away from home this season had some other excellent performances you know 5-1 at Huddersfield 4-0 at Forest so yeah nothing nothing to worry about I wouldn't say but yeah we just got to be we do have to make sure we don't slip up and make it sort of a missed opportunity for points Bournemouth are playing at home as well they got Peterborough I think yeah, Bournemouth have actually got 
Bournemouth have actually got some um, some quite kind fixtures coming up. As as I said, we we potentially got three, and well, we have got three away games coming up, but uh, potentially five. And then Bournemouth are, have got three home games coming up. On Tuesday, they've got Peterborough at home. Saturday, they're at home to Derby. Then the following Tuesday, they've got Reading at home. So it's the bottom three all at home for Bournemouth. So you, they'd be looking at those and expecting nine points, won't they? Meanwhile, we're looking at our games thinking, well we get a couple of wins and a draw out of those three that that wouldn't be the end of the world so we might see the the gap between us and and Bournemouth becoming a little bit smaller but then again we might just go out and carry on winning all the all these games like we have done for the last few so what what do you reckon Baldo what's your score prediction for Swansea Uh, I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go for a tight 2-1 Percy I I, know as you say we we did very well against them earlier in the season but I think Russell Martin has got them properly sorted now and there will be a tough side to crack so I think too well, I obviously wouldn't be surprised if we go behind in this game as well because they do have some very very decent players on their books but we'll just about get away with a 2-1 victory that'll do that'll do and also just looking at Bournemouth's fixtures the one after that they've got is uh, Huddersfield away on Saturday the 19th of March well I assume they're going to play that game anyway. It really depends on what happens with Forest versus um, versus Huddersfield, doesn't it? I just thought of that. Anyway, um, any team selection changes for you, Baldo, as well, or would you think we'll keep the same team? I, I think I think there will be some change. I think there we. I think the minimal one will probably be in midfield. I reckon Tom Kenny's going to come uh, come in for John Mason. I know he's missed the past couple of games, and Marcus Silva said it was because of illness, but he said he would be in contention for the game uh, against Blackburn at the weekend. So you'd think, given a little bit of extra time, and as you've said a couple of times before, it's a three-game it's a three game week, so you have to yeah. rotate You have to rotate the players. Yeah. So, so, I, th- so I think Seri, I think Seri for Kearney, off the top of my head, maybe Deckard Overeed for one of the wingers, but I think that would probably be it. Okay, mate. And Dylan, same question to you. Score prediction and lineup thoughts? Um, I'll go for 2-1 as well. Uh, like it was last time we played there. Uh, lineup wise, I think will be probably unchanged. Uh, I think that sort of we might see a few more changes against Barnsley on Saturday. I think we just think they're weaker opposition, so it makes a bit more sense to sort of rotate a few of the squad players then. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, two one win, three points for Fulham, and another step closer to the Premier League would be uh, lovely. You're right. Yeah, we we did win two one there last time, and it was uh, we were we were completely outplayed, really. From what I remember, we were battered, and Marit Rodak kept us in the game, got man of the match, didn't he? Um, and yeah, perhaps we will see uh, some some changes for the Barnsley game because we've got to somehow combat the threat of Domingos Keener, haven't we? Um, so, yeah, so Domingos yeah. Corley Woodrow. Of course, yeah, bloody Corley Woodrow always seems to do well against us, doesn't he? annoying all right lads let's leave it there this week thank you both very much for joining me on this beautiful sunday morning thanks to you for joining at home also we'll be back on thursday to look back over the swansea match and look forward to saturday's match away at barnsley safe travels to all of you heading to wales on tuesday and see you there cheers Fulham.